It's rock and roll. And cue music. Back to A side. My name is Brent. Oh, it is. Yeah, I was just introducing myself to you, <laughs> in case you forgot. Yeah, it has been it's, a while. It's probably a little late in the game to really like introduce yeah. ourselves to the audience, but just in case there's any newcomers and this is the first time they've listened to us talk shit, this guy over here across from me is Andy. He's the he's the rock star. Oh, I would American say that. hero. I don't know, man. Some of the recent, some of these recent interviews you got rocking. Oh, I don't some know. Of the recent like, guests, you know. It's just friends of friends I know, and stuff. So I feel like you've been killing it with the people you've been getting on here and having mm-hmm. good. Like I've enjoyed them, you know. Oh, thanks. So I just wanted to give you kudos. Oh, thanks. Well, for every one that does land, there's like uh, ten that don't. Because uh, I just go through Instagram mostly. Right. But I mean, yeah. Well, that's all right. Doesn't hurt to ask because before I'd be afraid. Wow. So. Yeah, what are they gonna do? Ignore you? Yeah, big deal. Yeah. So true. It'd be like half the girls I ever hit on in my life. So <laughs> speaking of, if you ever land Taylor Swift, mm. that can't be a solo episode. Oh no! Yeah, we got to tag team that one. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean just you know professionally. Mm. Come on, why'd you laugh? Just kidding. I worded oh. it. I worded it like that on yeah. purpose. I was being a dick. But anyhow, if we did talk to Taylor Swift, I'd be like. Uh, 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 Taylor? Uh, <laughs> uh Tay-Tay? Uh, yeah. Miss Tay-Tay? How do we, how do we approach you, or whatever? <laughs> It'd be like that Chris Farley episode. Yeah. Remember that time you did that song? Blank out for a minute. Yeah, remember that time <laughs> you died? Even... Yeah. Well, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I felt that way talking to Art, because then he goes, after like 25 minutes, he's like, well, you got anything to ask me? And I was like, well, what about that time you played with Cheap Trick? Well, that's yeah. And he's like, "All right, see you later." And I'm like, "But wait, I just got warmed up." <laughs> it was funny because, like, when I talked to Chris Holmes, there was that whole ordeal where his wife is his manager, and she made me like submit all the questions, yeah. like basically saying I could only ask those questions and nothing about Blackie. And then like he brought Blackie up a bunch of times, and then after I got through all my questions, I'm like, "All right, man, well, thanks." And he's like, "Well, is that it? You got anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> like, you don't want to ask me anything else?" I'm like. Fuck. Like, I didn't think I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes that shit, I guess, catches you off guard. They've been fun. So anything else uh, going on before we dive into the uh, the episode subject matter? You got the Colt tomorrow. I do. Yeah. I do. I got them in the palm of my hand. Not really. I don't know what that means, oh. but I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm just babbling. Uh, no, I'm pretty excited for that show because yeah, the last time uh, have we done a cult episode? We haven't, have we? No, we haven't. We That's well, a we weird talked one about we them done. briefly, like because one of the first episodes we did, they released the anniversary oh, of Electric? Sonic Temple. Or was it Sonic? Oh yeah, it was Sonic Temple. Yeah, like I think it was like 30th. Yeah. Fire! 
I wanted to see them the last time they played Peoria. They played the Madison Theater, and it was Buck Cherry and Monster Magnet one night, and it was the Cult the next night. So Damn. it was a Friday and Saturday show. They were ten dollars a piece, or you could pay like fifteen for both nights. That's Holy how cheap. Shit. Yeah. So my parents. God bless them, beautiful people that brought me into this world. Had to have their fucking 25th wedding anniversary. It was the Beyond Good and Evil tour. Oh, damn, yeah. And uh, my parents had their fucking wedding anniversary that night, and I could not go. And I was like, well, surely I could catch them next time around. But they, like, never played Peoria again, you know. And they did play House of Blues a couple times up in Chicago, and I, I remember I really wanted to go to the Electric anniversary thing where they were playing the album front to back yeah because it seems I couldn't like go. whenever they do that they're like a tuesday night too yeah i couldn't like, go for whatever reason so i still have never seen them and i saw buck cherry and monster magnet you know the friday night a saturday show the weird thing is i don't know that i talked to anybody that went to it like i have no idea whether it was hmm. cool or like i'd never heard shit about it after it happened almost like it was forgotten about but i mean that record didn't really i don't remember it doing much that Rise song was really fucking awesome. And actually, they've been opening with that, at least on the European leg. Oh, damn. They've been opening with that song, which I thought was kind of cool, because, I don't know, I felt like previously it seemed like they ignored that record a little bit, I thought. But, yeah, it should be badass, man. Man, they're expensive tickets. They are. So Even the Kiefer, I was looking at that, I'm like, maybe that'll come down. Yeah, but it looks like my, they haven't sold many at all for that I think show. the Cult show actually sold pretty well, because by the yeah. time I bought tickets, like... I was trying to get Billy Duffy's side of the stage. There were tickets, but it wasn't really as wide open as I expected. And they were pretty expensive. I mean, dude, so I got like seventh row, and it was like $200 for a pair. I just thought, man, that's fucking crazy. Ten times the price of what the ticket was to see them at the Madison Theater 22 years ago, 23. It's not like they have done anything that was huge since then. Like, they haven't had a record yeah. that was bigger than Beyond Good and Evil. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I love Choice of Weapon. I think that album was fucking awesome. I think, actually, the last two albums, Hidden City and this new one, were really fucking cool, too. But they didn't have any, like, really commercial success with it. I don't it, think so. From what I know. And so it's like, how the yeah. fuck did they jump from being a band that was... Like, I guess maybe did they graduate to, like, that, uh, you know, I guess the only thing I can compare it to, right, is I saw Tom Petty on the last DJ tour probably around that same time, maybe a couple years later, like 2001, 2002, or something like that. I think tickets for that was, like, 40 bucks, and it was a completely undersold show. I got free tickets from my uncle when he worked at the Civic Center at the time. Oh, it was not even close to selling out. And then fast forward 10 years later, I saw him at United Center, sold out. Tickets were like a fucking $100 a piece, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I mean, I think at some point a lot of these acts did jump to some See, like, kind I feel like they kind of come back around again as, like, nostalgia, but even then, like... I feel like what is Tesla charging for a ticket? I feel like that should be comparable to the Colt, like Tesla. I would, I would think. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a bigger Colt fan than Tesla by a long shot. Yeah, but shot. I was just trying to think of like bands no, I know that you still are out there touring, but you know, putting yeah. stuff out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they both had huge commercial success around the same time, have still put out albums since, but aren't necessarily relevant within, yeah, modern rock yeah. radio. Now that you're fired up, we can jump right into the topic of power pop. Yes, sir. This is one that you wanted to do for a while, and I kind of was like, (sighs) well, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. So I said, let's do Jellyfish. Right. Which is power pop, kind of. No, it's power pop. Power pop off the charts. I felt like power pop was a deep enough subject that it would be very easy for us to either align on some surprising similarities or just have 10 totally different fucking things, man. Like not even the same 10 bands. I mean, because power pop is banned across, you know, basically since the seventies, it's kind of originated with a lot of the bands in the sixties, right? Like everything from the Beatles to the beach boys to the birds British invasion <laughs> stuff. I was going to say the English invasion. Yeah, because I even looked it up in the term power pop. It said it was coined by Pete Townsend in 1967. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Because, I mean, a lot of people would like turn back to a lot of the early Beatles stuff or the early Who stuff. Like the kids are all right. Like that's a song that kind of pops in your head like yeah. an origin of power pop. You know, um, there's countless fucking Beatles songs I can think of. Yeah. And then the harmonies of any fucking early Beach Boys song or, you know, any Beach Boys song for that matter. And, and, you know, all the bird stuff or the Mamas and the Papas, a lot of that California fucking 60s pop and whatnot. So I guess to me, the only thing that really defines power pop would be anything that came after that that was inspired by that. Yeah. Like around the time where we were talking about it, I was talking to Tony Higby and I'm like, well, why don't I just ask him? And so I was kind of like, well, how do you define power pop? Because right. you know? I was trying to define it myself. Because I was like, I was trying to go back to like the 70s and just focus on those bands. Right. Because I'm not as familiar with a lot of, like I've heard some songs like the Raspberries. I never really dove into like a whole bunch of their albums before. Right. So I felt like I was in over my head. So I'm like, well, I'll see it, like what his opinion is. And then... I guess it's just kind of like diving in is the best way to do it. I mean, that shit has spanned so many decades at this point, you know, and the formula is almost still the same. I mean, it's, you hear it and you just kind of go, yeah, "Yeah, okay, like kind of jangly, but sometimes big guitar and harmonies and big old fucking fat chorus hooks, you know. Yeah, the hooks, that's where I'd go with it, yeah. I don't feel like there's really too many rules to this. So when I made my list, I was just getting weird because there'd be certain bands where I was like, okay, well, they're a power pop band, so I'm just going to pick my favorite fucking song from them. But then like other bands, I'd be like, well, they're obviously a power pop band, but this is my favorite song by them. But I feel like this song is the fucking epitome of what makes them a power pop band like it's their best example of a power pop song so my list is all over the place like i didn't follow any one rule for all 10 songs so i was trying to have some criteria because yeah like i said i was trying to go back to like the origins of like the power pop stuff because i thought well i'll just stick it to that instead of going across like trying to find 10 songs from 40 years of 
uh, stuff. Right. So I was trying to really, really narrow it down. But my thing was, the more I narrowed it down, the more I kind of felt like I had, like, I was closing myself off. Like, I had blinders or something. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I totally love this. Like, I like this stuff, but I didn't feel confident in my list. And you actually kind of opened up my list wider when you asked me about candy. And then I'm like, oh, well, shit, I guess I was listening to some of this power pop and it's stuff I like. <clears throat> so then I just opened it back up to just whatever the fuck, you know, came right. Head. Well, that's the way you should do it. I think the only yeah. things that I personally kept off of my list was maybe bands that I felt, even though they had a lot of power pop vibe to them, and maybe even some songs that were just straight up fucking power pop. If they like transcended the genre a little bit and became this bigger thing at some point, yeah, I kind of disqualified them. Like Cheap Tricks, a perfect example because I feel like there's tons of power pop elements there in their music. Obviously, they're just too diverse at this point in their career to just sum them up as being a power pop band. So you know, yeah, and it's almost kind of like like we did an episode on Cheap Trick, we did an episode on Jellyfish, and I felt like well, if I was including them, I might just have my whole list as Cheap yeah. Trick and Jellyfish. Yeah, no. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to throw in. So some I other disqualified stuff. Jellyfish for the same reason. We already talked yeah. about them. Yeah, I know. wanted to throw some love to some other bands that we might not do an episode on. Exactly. And you know, the good thing about this was when I just really started diving in, like I found myself listening to stuff I'd never listened to before, or stuff that I hadn't yeah. given as much of a listen, and realized like, you know, certain songs by this certain artist were actually way cooler and i dug them more than i thought i did and maybe something i thought i dug more than i do huh i don't i, I don't know how to well, word kind of what i'm trying to say <laughs> so i don't know who wants to start this off but well usually we end up going back and forth and then we get off track somehow i think lately i've ended up like with the last song Right. So I'll go first. So maybe you'll have the last song. This was your topic. Maybe you get the last word in. So my number 10 is from the Raspberries. Oh, damn. From their third album, and it's Tonight. Good pick. I had a feeling you were going to say that one. So I did have a different Raspberry song on here, but... When you kind of opened up the door to all these other just power pop things, I was thinking outside of the 70s and stuff and whatever. I was like, where I went with the Tonight song was I remembered, I was like, oh, yeah, didn't Motley Crue cover a Raspberry song? So then that's where I started going with other stuff is like, what other things do I think are, are power pop or whatever? And so that's how I came up with that one. I'm like, like a good example of power pop kind of almost transforming later because other right. bands, you know, are influenced that was probably the first yeah. time i ever heard of the raspberries was motley covering that oh cool because it was yeah it was like the some of the leftover b-sides and shit from the the demos from yeah, too from fast the first for love album, yeah and i loved that i remember when they put out that first reissue where they had the demos and stuff on that cd and i was like because i think i had heard stick to your guns before yeah, maybe first, toast I of thought your it town. was their song or whatever like right. that was a motley Crue song when i first heard it yeah i mean dude no, I absolutely, I first heard that, didn't know it was a cover until I read like the liner notes after listening mm-hmm. to it a bunch of times or whatever, and I was like, fucking raspberries? Who's that? That's crazy. And then I grew into being a giant fucking raspberries fan later on. So when I first really got into vinyl, like one of the first 
bands that I really sought after their first three original albums was the Raspberries. Like I remember oh, cool. buying them at Craig's shop. Like I think the first time I went to Younger Than Yesterday, probably 20 years ago, I bought the first three Raspberries records. And yeah, were, and you probably got them for less than 10 bucks. No, they were fucking expensive, oh, man. Really? They were like $20 a piece. And I remember thinking at the time, $20, granted they were mint. They were originals yeah. and they oh, were fucking okay. mint. But it was like, God, I can't believe I'm fucking spending this. Like, it just seemed like I got bent over, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, now that's like nothing to pay yeah. that for. Shit, yeah. I mean, I just bought, I spent like 40 bucks on a used copy of something else the other day that I've never seen a copy of it anywhere. And fuck it, I'm just going to buy it. But it was like, God, 40 bucks for a 40-year-old record that... Hopefully it arrives in good shape. Well, I got it. No, I I already have it, but yeah, it was... So, anyhow, so I guess my number 10, moving on. The only thing I did intentional with my list was I feel like I did, at the top and bottom, I put the two songs that if you were just to say to me, like, Power Pop, I would... These would be the first two songs that came, oh, okay. came to my mind. Because I would say they're the two earliest examples of power pop in the sense of, I know I already mentioned some Beatles and Who stuff yeah. that influenced power pop, but I think when the 70s started, these bands that came out they were influenced all by that. It was like the big bang of power pop. I think Badfinger, no matter what, even though it's like such a basic bitch or basic bastard pick for me, I fucking love that song every time I hear it. And you got to figure like that band really does, and that song especially just to me epitomizes power pop because A... Basically, yeah, that's the template. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah it was. It was like the template. I mean, they got signed to... Well, they were like, what, the first band to get signed to Apple Records, right? Yeah. And people thought that was a Beatles song. Now, you know, how many people have been fucking confused and thought that was the Beatles, you know? Because it just was like, it had the formula, man. It just had... And they're one of those bands that every time... I just had this conversation with somebody the other day, but I don't listen to them super often, but when I do, I always say to myself, fuck, I forgot how great these guys were. Like, these songs are so fucking good. But I couldn't really pick any song besides that one for this list because I feel like... Oh, okay. I feel like that one really is the... That's it. That just, like, sums up the beginning of Power Pop. So did you... So then you just allowed yourself one per band? I did not repeat myself. I did not repeat any bands on this list, no. Okay, because that's what I was doing initially. When I was just doing 70s stuff, I had basically, like, maybe four... Or five bands, and that was my ten song. So then I was like, okay, I felt even better about it later on. <clears> right. Kind of like opened it up. Yeah, I mean, I definitely opened mine up, man. Mine goes, looking at it, I feel like I have everything from every decade. I probably don't have anything later than 2010. Well, how about your number nine? I think you're going to have this one, though. I think. Because this was one, too, again... When I opened up my list and I opened mm-hmm. up and accepted, you know, all decades and wasn't like segregated. I have a feeling, I'm just going to call it now, but I have a feeling it's my number nine. It is actually one, like my friend Luke, who I kind of reconnected with from high school, but back in 2010, and I was hanging out with him, seeing movies, and we were like exchanging CDs and stuff, and we're both big Smashing Pumpkins fans. 
So he said, hey, have you checked out this other band with James Eha? And I was like, no. Okay. And the band is Tinted Windows, which also has a cheap trick connection right. with Bunny <clears throat> Carlos on drums. And it's got one of the Hanson brothers, and I think a guy from Fountains of Wayne. Or something. Yeah, the bass so player from the... Fountains of Wayne, yep. So it's Tinted Windows, and the song is Kind of a Girl. Oh, cool, because I don't really want to overlap, so, so cool, cool. <laughs> now. All right, they only had one album, too. I thought they could have had more. Oh, yeah, no, I love yeah. that album. And actually, I have a different song by them, so I'll oh. jump ahead to that just to segue into it, because it's a good segue. Oh, okay. But I had two songs that came to mind on that record, and actually kind of a girl I like. I mean, I just went with that one, it because wasn't that was in the, the first one that I kind of, like, right. you know, gravitated to. So that's what kind of stood out. So to it me. wasn't like, this was one of those where I had another one that I thought was more of a power pop air quotes yeah kind of song but i went with my favorite song from them which i still think falls into the power pop category right but the song back to you from that record which is kind of more of the like ballad of the oh, record cool. And back to you is such a great fucking song. I mean, that song, every time I go back and listen to that album, I'm just like, fuck, this song is so good. <laughs> like, it's so fucking good. I mean, I love that record front to back. Uh, I hated that Cha Cha song when it came out. Now, like, I used to have to skip over it. Now I can at least, like, uh, appreciate it for kind of the quirkiness that it has. Like, it's kind of yeah. dumb, but it has its place. It's like, ah, I don't mind it so much now. <laughs> But, man, I loved it, dude. I was listening to, I think it was when uh, Man Cow was syndicated on, like, 95.5 or something, and I was listening. Oh, it was, was it? Uh, they did one of those, like. No, it was 96 something, because was that when, it was Rock 106, and then they went to Rock 105.7, and then is that when it got sold off? And it well, it went to 96.5. Other... Yeah. yeah, it was Rock 96.5, and so Man Cow was syndicated on there. Right. Yeah, because I'm yeah, and I remember I was driving to work one day, and they were like, "Oh, there's this new band," and they kind of almost did like a, even though it was a talk show and they didn't even play music really, but they almost did like a yank it or crank it kind of thing, like had people call in and yeah. so they played. They were like, "Yeah, you got to hear the songs, fucking so terrible," and they played kind of a girl, you know, really? and they were talking about how it was the super group and dude, they were all making fun of it hard and everybody was calling in it was like oh it's so fucking gay like they were just ripping it and i was like well i don't care what they say when that fucking album comes out i'm buying it yeah. and i bought it right when it <laughs> fucking came out i cranked the fuck out of it I well still nobody's talking about album, man cow anymore but people are talking about tinted windows right i don't know we are but we're yeah. also talking about man cow now oh, so oh. i'm not sure man well that blows my point well fuck <laughs> shit edit all the <laughs> times we say man cow get that out of there beep well, so I think now we so both... So we did overlap, but yeah, we I, both, how high did you have Tinted Windows? Just a couple higher. I didn't, I mean... Oh, okay. If anything, that song, I'd probably put higher than a couple of these others, but it was one of those where I didn't really order my... Mm. I intentionally put 
Badfinger at the bottom and my number one at number one because I feel like they're the two oh, okay. epitomizers of power pop. So hmm. so I just kind of uh, bookended them. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if I like any one over the other as far as the rest of them go, maybe. But. Yeah, because I made a playlist like I always do, and then I kind of, when I made notes and put it to paper, that's when I kind of ordered it, but it still right. could kind of fluctuate. So then you want me to go next? Yeah. Or actually you? No, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. So my number eight, it's a band I know that you're going to have. You're going to have this for sure. And it's a band that I really kind of like. I think I actually want to like them more than I do. But I don't know if I'm trying to be a hipster because I'm like, oh, man, I want to like these guys. But I don't. But I still got them on my list. And I don't know. I'll just get to the point. It makes a ton of sense. So number eight is Big Star. Okay. And it's their song, In the Street, which is really the That 70s Show song and then Cheap Trick did it. Isn't it? You know? Hanging out. No, I mean it's good. In yeah. the street. It's not the one I have. Obviously, I have Big but Star. It's like I can't not have them. On. That's why I feel like a hipster because I can't not have them on there because they are influential. I just can't believe you still. I don't. You still don't them. like them. I enjoy them, but I don't really love them. And then even, like, I feel like they're not even as much of, like, power pop, really, as these other bands. Because... They're a little artsier. Yeah, they seem more like they would have influenced, like, I don't know, Wilco and some of the kind of, like, indie rock bands. More than the what I think of, like, the big poppy choruses and the big hooky uh, things. I don't think of them as being hooky. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the brilliance of it was the... They do have a power pop sound, but there is more depth to the lyrics. Yeah, more depth they're more to laid the back. Sound, you know? yeah. I no, I mean, I get it. Not everybody. I don't want you to like them. Maybe I want it to be my thing, Andy. Maybe I don't want to share them with you. Okay, good, good. You already <laughs> shared jellyfish with me. That's enough. People share stuff with me. I either love it or I don't. I mean, there's certain bands where yeah. I'm just like, I don't love it. I mean, like, there's one example that I haven't talked about yet because I mentioned that I. I left them off the list. Yeah, I, you were holding out on me with one band, too. I have. Well, yeah, we'll see if they're on your list. I mean, it was almost like there's one song that's my almost honorable mention, but, like, I know people that fucking love this band. Like, really, really, really love this band. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they got a few good songs. Like, that's my take on them. I mean, they got stuff I really dig, but I do not hold them up. So they're probably, like, my... To me, this band is probably like what Big Star is to you. Like, I don't have them up yeah. on this pedestal. I can see the influence and, you know, the their kind of maybe place in rock, or it should be a little bit higher. Well, maybe it takes... I mean, Do I love them? Do I own their records? No. Might but, grow on you, though. Maybe. Maybe another 10 years. A couple years from now, you might be like, dude, I was wrong. On my deathbed instead of Rosebud, <laughs> I'll be like, Big Star. <laughs> Oh, boy. So I guess we're on to my number eight. I got to keep track of what the hell I'm doing here. So my number eight, I feel like this was the one I expected you to have on your list that I would have because we already had, we know there's the commonality in the conversation we had via text, but once I went back and listened to this record, I realized this song had to be on here because, Jesus Christ, talk about being the perfect example of a power pop song once you hear it it doesn't get out of your head for fucking days and it's whatever happened to fun by candy
Oh, okay. Well, I do have candy on there, but not that one. Yeah. See, we're lining up. Yeah. I'm liking this. We're lining up, but not with the same song. Yeah, okay, so. yeah. Yeah, I, I can dig that. So thank you for actually texting me about candy, because I have the CD in this little like CD rack on my dresser, and I guess I called it my A-game CDs, or the ones that like are the ones that I'm like, okay, I got these here like for like a reason and they're on display they're gonna get you laid um long he was like hey man you might like this band which then led into candy no man that i think you turned me on to that yeah bob long turning you on to it i mean i was like at first it just caught me off guard because i expected more of a rock thing like a little bit more guitar but then i was like fuck these songs are really catchy and Mm. i don't know that one song in particular just doesn't stop like it's just going in my head 100 miles yeah. an hour right now Whatever happened to fun yeah and then the counter the counter yeah. melody thing at the end just comes in and it's just oh my god anyhow so yeah to keep it going sounds like it should have been on happy days or something because it like it's does. got that kind of yeah. like sunny kind of yeah like sound to it or something what so what was your candy song i feel like we gotta oh no dude it's like my number like two. Oh, you can't take yours out of order I've been throwing well, my shit okay, way I'll, out of order. Yeah, like, um, okay, I'll do this out of Actually, order. Actually, you don't have to because I didn't tell you my big star song yet. Oh. Well, no, I'll just... You can save it if you want. Yeah, like, I'll save it just because I like to go in order. Yeah, I started getting out of order any more than I already have. I'm uh, one of us has to be up. in order. That's true. So, yeah. Keep the order, Andy. You want to fucking... So order in the court. The, yeah, yeah, I'm the taskmaster over here or something. Over there. And so I've got 10, 9, 8... So my number seven, this is something you're probably going to have like at the top. And if you don't, well, I don't know. So they just have announced a whole bunch of shows for this year. They re-released it's an album. Like not re-released, but they put this out on vinyl for the first time, right? Yeah. It's right yeah. over there. It's right over there on my shelf. Oh, okay. I just played it yesterday. So it's Marvelous 3 and Freak of the Week. Because that's a song that like... I don't really love these guys as much as you guys do either. You and like Brian and like Chris and like, you know, even like Shane Tasser. He posted, he bought the record and there's a, a Josh Ketchmark. I did not buy this. We are all jerking off simultaneously over the release of that vinyl. But like, seriously though, that is one song how you said it's going to be in your head for like 10 days. Got that hook. Mm-hmm. Loud guitars, hooks. I don't even know. It's what, not at the top of my list. I just I want to interrupt what, you. But. I don't even know what Butch Walker's saying half the time. Right. But you don't really need to know what he's saying because it's just that melody. You yeah. know? Yeah. So I don't have that song on my list. I do oh, have really? a Marvelous 3 song, oh, okay. but it's not that one. But I won't get us out of order. So All right. maybe Man. it's just the fact Wait. that that one is just... I don't know. I mean, I've heard all those songs a million yeah. times. I don't not enjoy that song. Yeah. I still fucking love that song. You're kind of looking like Butch Walker right now. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah, man. You got kind of the hair it. and the stubble. So I'm getting as fucking gray as him? Oh, no. I don't know. I just meant... You My hair of, is getting pretty long. Yeah, man. You kind of let your hair down. I'm start rocking a ponytail at work to look more professional. Oh, just don't do like a man bun thing. No, I won't be doing that. I've been rocking... I was rocking ponytails 20 years ago. My hair used to be really long when me and Courtney got together. And it was so funny because recently now it's long enough to pull it back again. 
And every time I do it, Harry will fucking just laugh his ass off. Really? So, like, <laughs> we they were swimming at my parents' house yesterday, and then we met at La Fiesta, you know, there in Morton, which was killer. I hadn't been there in fucking at least a decade, probably. Oh, damn. That was a regular spot back in the day when me and Courtney first started dating, and we'd always fucking go there. Friends would always go there. We'd yeah, because it wasn't on the other hammered. side of, like, Kmart. Yeah, it was like yeah. an old... Uh, golden corral which was actually my first job ever was washing dishes there which was fucking gross anyhow i had gotten out of the shower it was so hot yesterday i got home and i was gonna mow the grass yesterday and i was like god it's so fucking hot and my mom calls and she's like well you just want to meet la fiesta and we'll buy dinner you know instead of us bringing the kids over there because i had offered to fucking cook dinner since they had the kids all day and took them swimming and she's like oh you just want to meet at la fiesta instead i'm like yeah that's cool it's less work than what we got to do, so, you know, so whatever. I hopped in the shower, just pulled my fucking hair back, and it was yeah. wet, so I had, like, this Steven Seagal-looking fucking ponytail <laughs> going on. So we go to La Fiesta, and we get there first. We're, we get a table. We're sitting down. I swear to God, man, my parents and my kids walk in, and Harry just gets to the table and looks at me and just starts laughing. <laughs> like, just his fucking creepy, just points even, like a, the little jerk he is, you know. He's just <laughs> laughing at me. I'm like, what the fuck are you laughing at? He's like, your hair, ah, ponytail. I'm like, man, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> when, we, when we get home, I'm going to punch you. I didn't actually punch my child. I just want to point that out. Well, that uh, makes me feel a little bit better because, sure, I had silly, I had the silly devil locks, but that one time I came over to you. Uh, don't ever true. do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know where my children get their I don't give a fuck, tell it like it is attitude, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It might be for me. I don't know. Is it my turn? Am I, uh, where are we yeah, at? Number I've, seven? Well, I've done four songs now. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah. We haven't even got halfway through our list. So, yeah, I'm at number seven. So, this one is a fairly new find for me. I couldn't believe I'd never, like, dude, this album's so fucking good. And I don't know, like, maybe people will love it, maybe people will hate it. But this was the one I was talking about that okay. I got, I fucking fell in love with this record. I listened to it like a hundred times in a week. It's maybe a slight exaggeration, but I had to, I was like, I got to buy this motherfucker. I got to find it on vinyl. And I found it like 40 bucks in good, you know, really good condition. Actually the sleeve kind of mediocre. Is it the mint one that you said or something? Vinyl ended up being mint. Um, On Amazon? Yeah. I don't know if I said it was mint. Did I? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Didn't you say you got some? Oh, no. The raspberries ones are mint. Oh, yeah. No, those You got some from Amazon. So this one, yeah. So this one I ordered. So it was a band called Holly and the Italians. Hmm. Super fucking, like, terrible ass fucking name, right? The song, you better tell that girl to shut up. (laughs) Seriously, just the quirkiest, weirdest fucking title, right? You better tell that girl to shut up. You listen to that fucking song, I swear to God, it will be in your head for a week. It's in my head right now, and it's been there for days. So when did this band come out? Like, like uh, this record came out, out in 1981 or two. Oh, it was man. very, very early 80s. And then uh, I think this was the only record they did, and she had a follow-up solo record. Holly Beth Vincent was her name. Her solo record's really cool, too, that came out after that. And then there's, like, some demos and shit you can find that are pretty cool. But Holly and the Italians album is uh, it's a real winner. There's a group, Actually, dude, there's seriously, front to back, it's solid. And it's a solid power pop record. There's some really cool songs on there. 
Is it streaming? First, you know what? When I looked it up on Amazon, I couldn't find it. I found it on, I was listening to a bunch of, I was pulling up a bunch of different power pop bands, right? And I would do playlist. I don't know. It's just great hooks. She's got uh, kind of blondie, kind of that hmm. punk kind of edge in the female vocal kind of thing. Okay. But I don't know, man. Like I listened to it one time. And because, okay, so somehow, I don't remember what band I was listening to, but I just was listening to on, uh, like, my work computer, just on YouTube, pulling up different bands that were popping in my head, different power pop bands and whatnot. And then, you know, you listen to enough of that shit, and then there's algorithms that start just playing random shit next. Although I can't really figure out why fucking Operation Mindcrime keeps popping up. I'm not a big Queensryche <laughs> fan. I don't hate them, but for some reason, that album has popped up about a fucking billion times, like somewhere um, within the YouTube algorithm. I don't know if it's even that. I just think that like Queensryche paid YouTube to just, hey, if anybody listens to any kind of song with a loud guitar, I want you to automatically play Operation Mindcrime right after whatever they're listening to every time <laughs> because it just keeps popping up. And it's like, how the fuck does YouTube think I'm this big of a Queensryche fan? Nobody <laughs> is under that fucking illusion. So, I mean, it's better than sticks, right? But I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than sticks. I don't hate Queensryche. I'll just say that right now. But, mm. but it's just weird that it just keeps trying to cram that down my throat. Like what the fuck happened here? But, uh, anyhow, so all of a sudden, some playlist pops up and it was just like a, it was a power pop fucking uh, playlist of just random shit that went on for like forever. And so I just let it ride and there was some cool stuff on there. Well, all of a sudden this song comes on and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is super catchy, but who writes a song called you better tell that girl to shut up? You know, I'm like, but I couldn't get it out of my head to where like the next couple songs come on. I'm like, all right, hold on. I got to, like, backtrack and find out who the fuck that was, you know? So, yeah, Holly and the Italians. Never would have came across that. (laughs) Well, I tell you, dude. You'll listen. You'll be texting me within the next 48 hours. You're going to be like, dude, you were fucking right. So. Yep, I got it coming in the mail. Hey, well, I'm going to start off and do my number six. Six. six, So, I thought about putting for number six, like, just this guy as an entry and not picking a song. He was in Candy at the tail end. I'll do the song introduction. He was in Candy at the tail end of Candy. Then he stuck around for their next incarnation when they did the Electric Angels. He's had a whole bunch of solo records. He's played with Slash. He really wears power pop on his sleeves, both sleeves. And he plays with Alice Cooper now. Ryan Roxy. Like, seems like all of his stuff's totally influenced by Cheap Trick, because it's that right. poppy kind of attitude kind of thing. It's called Tracy, and it's from one of the Roxy 77 albums. I'm totally... I just picked that one because it's got a lot of the harmony kind of things I think of like that. Ooh. But it wasn't. I'm not familiar with his stuff, with like his solo stuff. So, oh, he even had a dad's porno mag. I do remember that, but I feel like I maybe maybe listened to it once. 
it's like I remember the name, but I can't even remember anything about it now that yeah. I think about it. There was a song. The only one that really sticks out is like uh, Smell My Finger. You think I don't like her, Smell My Finger. Kind of romantic. Yeah. It's enough to bring a tear to your eye. Yeah, he serenaded a charity with that song when we saw him one time. Oh, he boy. doing the acoustic thing. Well, I just really dig a lot of Ryan Roxy's uh, stuff. Yeah, no, I need to dig into his stuff more. I thought Candy was the shit, and I didn't really like that Electric Angel stuff that much. Yeah, here's the thing, though, is there was Candy, and then there was Electric Angels. They just put out one album with each group, and it was one in the 90s, like, was Loveless. And I actually like that more, seems more, like, depressing. I don't know, but I like the lyrics, though. They're, like, good, sad songs. Like, but, so what's your number at, six? I'll have what's to look into next? that on a rainy day when I'm feeling all bad about myself. Yeah. So my number six, this guy, I just uh, I just recently kind of got into him within, I don't know, the last few months, I guess. And they are reissuing a couple of his albums, hmm. I think, at the end of this month, I discovered. I didn't pre-order them because I'm kind of over the whole pre-ordering thing. Anyhow, an artist by the name of Marshall Crenshaw... Cynical girl. It's a real catchy ditty. I highly recommend you uh, listen to it. He's got a lot of great songs. That album in particular has uh, a lot of really great songs on it, and I've kind of just kept going back to that one. It was kind of one of those where the name, I've known it for years, never really dove into his stuff. I uh, started getting into his stuff the last, yeah, a couple months, like I said, and it was like, God damn, like, this dude, like, where's he kind of been all my life kind of thing. But that song, Cynical Girl, was the one that just kept to me every time I'd fucking listen, and I'd think, why wasn't this bigger? I don't even know if it's necessarily the hit off that record, because I don't know what the fuck his technical hit is, but the <laughs> point is, it's a really great song. I really love it, and I will probably, once those... At least that record, once that's reissued here in a couple of weeks, I'll probably order it. Is he still putting out new music, or is this like stuff he from has, back in the This is pretty old. This was like day. early 80s, but he has, he does have newer stuff. I can't speak, like I said, like I'm such, I'm so new to getting into him that yeah. I can't speak to too much about his career. Hmm. I would compare him to Elvis Costello quite a bit in a lot oh, of ways, okay. like I love Elvis Costello. Been a fan for years. That's he why he doesn't I, always sound the same <clears throat> album to album. Right, he yeah. doesn't. Yeah. So I don't really know. I mean, I've only listened to these earlier records of Marshall Crenshaw's at this point to where I don't I don't know how to speak to the newer stuff because I figured there was no point in diving into the new stuff because I haven't even fully digested the earlier stuff yeah. that <laughs> like I haven't even listened to this fucking record, which I think is his first album, but I haven't even listened to that enough. I'm going to listen to it a hundred more times before I finally get the record, probably. Like I said, I would compare him to Elvis Costello a little bit. That's just my first takeaway, my first, like, generic fucking description. Mm -hmm. So, your number six? Five. We're actually five. halfway. Yeah, I did six. You're on five. That makes sense. So, my number five. That's how countdowns work. Well, I was talking to Art Alexakis from Everclear, and I really like this cover album that they had. And they covered Cheap Trick. And I like the cover of this like, song is Bad Connection by, I think it was Yaz. And they even had a cover of the Go-Go's on there. And I was like, wait, that's power pop. 
that was where I was coming from for that. Number five is the Go-Go's, Our Lips Are Sealed, from the album uh, Beauty and the Beat. That's a great fucking song. Yeah, dude, like the bass line's super cool, too. I don't know. It sounds like it's really punky, but then it's poppy. And there's power. Yeah. Some power. power. There's some power. They were the first female band that played their own instruments and wrote their own songs. Like, there's. And I was like, well, wait. Like, what about the Runaways? They were all females, but I guess some of their uh, songs had co like writers Mm. and stuff. I guess, like, they upped the Runaways by writing all their own songs. Nice. So that's a little fact there. Way to go, Belinda. Although I hate that vacation song. Isn't that them? Yeah. Vacation. Like I never liked that one. But this one's actually cool, though. Yeah. No, I like some of the go-go stuff. Vacation. Oh, man. I'm a big Bengals fan. Susanna Hoffs. Love her. Didn't put her, didn't put it on the list. Actually, I'll make that, so I'll make that one of my honorable mentions while we're just talking shit. But I was going to put In Your Room. By the Bengals oh, yeah. on here. But then I disqualified it because I recorded a cover of it, and I was like, that just sounds redundant on my end. Duh. Or you'd I love be like, song. You didn't want to plug your own song yeah. or something, but now you kind of Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I recorded a cover of it. Go uh, check it out on Well, I'm actually Apple not Music including and... their version. I'm including my version on here. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we at again? My number five? My number five is a band previously mentioned that you thought for damn sure I was going to have it number one with a different song. But my Marvelous 3 song is from the same album, but it is a song called Vampires in Love. I love that song. That hook is fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, I think that, I don't know. I love that whole fucking album anyhow, but that to me, it just, when it comes in with the fucking chorus, you know, I'm wide awake and, you know, <laughs> just, just the lift. Just, yeah. I mean, that's what makes those choruses, you know, just that fucking, it just lifts. <laughs> lifts. It does this. You can't flex at the same time. Yeah. That would be like a lift in a uh, modern, like a Fozzie song. Or something. Oh, like a like power modern metal. metal, yeah. Oh, that would be that kind of lift. This is power pop, so it's more like a limp wristed. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. We I, again, we need video. Nobody knows what we're talking about here. Yeah. These arm gestures are fucking gold. This is the difference between us working nine to five jobs and going full time with this shit. Maybe, but, maybe. So, yeah. Yeah, but we can't get the headphones right, so how could we get the video right? I don't know what's going on there. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. Like I said, like I have to look fancy. Like I said earlier, most, yeah, I wouldn't wear these shorts. Like, I'm practically in pajamas right now. (laughs) Like I said earlier, most expensive headache I've ever, ever had. I mean, like, I can't, I don't know why it is. And it's only when we go to record a podcast, all of a sudden the headphones don't work right. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm down here, you know. Multiple times a week, like recording demos and stuff, and everything works fine. And I maybe, think maybe it's me. There's like a frequency you're putting off that's yeah, it's somehow killing the signal for the <laughs> headphones. So, but that's okay. 
Like a dog whistle. Maybe, yeah. So I, I guess, now that we're moving right along. So for number four, I've got a band like that was on my initial list when I was sticking all 70s. And I'm like, well, some of these bands don't seem like they're power pop. They seem like they're more like, I don't know, glam rocks. Maybe I'm trying to shoehorn in glam rock into power pop. And I'm like, well, what's the difference? Or I don't know. Because I was going to put T-Rex. I would. On yeah. my initial list, I was going to have T-Rex. I feel like some of that's power pop-ish, but yeah, it's more hard But then rock. I'm like, where do you draw the line? And it's more hard rock. Yeah. Hard uh, rock, kinda. glam rock, kind of. Like Slade. Yeah. Like T-Rex, Slade, some of that stuff's like, yeah. It's yeah. somewhere. It's hard rock that flirts with power pop. Yeah, or and it, it kind of seemed like the power pop, some of them like the candy and all that stuff seemed like teenage kind of like, you know, fun songs, whereas like it's kind of the lyrics kind of go hand in hand with the power pop thing. Right, like we like bubblegum. <laughs> well, this was one band, so, so to keep going longer, 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 to get further away from the point. My number four is Sweet, and the song is Hellraiser. Oh. And they were actually on the initial list of those 70s bands. And I think they're still more glam rock, but I'm like, I want to have them on here fucking anyway. Fucking put them on there, goddamn. Yeah, it. so it's my list. I had Ballroom Blitz at, yeah. like, number one. And I'm like, but I'm like, is that really power pop? Anybody's got the power, but it doesn't have enough pop. Going back even to the Raspberries and the Motley Crue connection or whatever. Motley Crue, they're not really a power pop band, but it kind of seems like, you know... Um, I was kind of thinking of influencing who who influenced who, and it seemed just like this Hellraiser song. That's like Motley Crue, like right there. Yeah, I get it. Hellraiser, Trailblazer. I don't know. It's like I actually like your version better. I went down a huge rabbit hole like one night, like two two weekends ago or something, and I was looking up who like wrote some of this stuff. I was like, did some of these bands write their own songs? You know, once I made the list, I was trying to actually make notes. And there's a guy named Mike Chapman who wrote like tons of songs in the '70s and the '80s, and he wrote he co-wrote uh, this Hellraiser song for Sweet. And so I was like, who's Mike Chapman? And he wrote stuff not only for Sweet, but like Susie Quattro. He wrote stuff for Tina Turner, uh, Scandal, and Pat Benatar. So that led me down this other rabbit hole. You know, Holly Knight, who, who wrote shit for Kiss? Here's where I was going with it's this. It's got to be more interesting than anything I'm going to say. Here's where I was going with this. It, it kind of blew my mind. That Better Be Good to Me with Tina Turner. Yeah. I think that was written by this Mike Chapman and Holly Knight. And it was actually Holly Knight had a band before she wrote stuff. And she did this thing in her band called Spider. So I just started listening to Spider song for a while. And it's like the band had Anton Fig in it who did some stuff with Ace Fraley. And it was just like, I don't know. Like I was like, where did I come across this Spider thing? But then even Kenny and Denny were like, oh, yeah, I know who Spider is. I (laughs) I just kept going down this big rabbit hole. So anyways, I like Sweet it. and Hellraiser. That was quite the uh, long trek. Yeah, man. I think to I had two beers and not enough food to kind of soak it up. 
one and a half, one and a half beers, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, but I didn't eat lunch today. I've had two I and a half. Dinner. I had two and a half, and I had a salad. And the salad had a spicy chili Thai mango vinaigrette Damn. that I'm pretty sure was designed to turn your insides out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at Where'd that. Where'd you get that salad from? Kroger. It was uh-huh. like a brand. I bought a bunch of like pre little salad oh, uh, yeah, mix like things. Salad yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good. They were all pretty good. That one was was pretty hot. I was like, fuck, I don't think this was gonna be this hot. Yeah. Like who the fuck makes this spicy of a salad? <laughs> and then yeah, I got home and I mowed the yard and yeah. We'll just stop right there. But oh. <laughs> it was <laughs> it hurt. Andy, it hurt. I'm sorry, dude. So, and then I took a shower, and then I came down here, and I wrestled around with microphones, and here we are. So I think we're on to my number four. Yeah. My number four is by a band who had a very short-lived career. About as short, maybe one album more than uh, Holly and the Italians. It was a band that I saw open for Butch Walker. That's how I found out about them. Hmm. And they were called The Fags. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Cool. So they've got some really great songs. Yeah. If you don't own their two records, you should. If you're listening to this episode and give a fuck at all about Power Pop, go buy them or you're dumb. Um, but my favorite song of theirs is probably not like necessarily their big, hookiest, power poppiest song. Rockstar is a real obvious song. Like you hear that song and it's like, fuck, that should have been a hit, you know? Should have been, especially for that time. There was plenty of this fucking bands coming out with these big poppy punk rock fueled kind of power pop tunes but they have a song called here's looking at you which is almost kind of i don't want to call it a ballad but it's maybe almost like a ballad with big fucking guitars actually bought this i just bought it digitally on like oh, itunes because yeah. denny was telling me about it and then yeah you no it's a great fucking album before. man saw them thought they were fucking killer bought that fucking album and it's fucking great but here's looking at you like every time i listen to that song i'm just like that's like one of those songs that's so good that i wished i wrote it you know what i mean <laughs> like i just it breaks my heart that I didn't write that fucking song. You can tell this is going back a ways because it actually has www.myspace.com slash the fags music. Nice. <laughs> what year was that? 2006. Oh, yeah. Dang, man. So there you go. That might be the newest. Well, when was the Tinted Windows record? That's probably mm-hmm. my newest probably my newest. It might have been song. around the same time. Yeah, I was going to say. That's probably either one of those was my two newer picks that i have on here so well i think we're down to the top three yeah so although i would say that i probably like this song better than my number three but like i said i didn't really i didn't really Hmm. get down to the fucking nitpicking of what was numbered what so so my top three i have a band that i listed twice Mm. i'm still gonna stick with this when I kind of came down to the end and narrowed it down, it's like what I thought was 10. It turned out I had 11. And there was a band called Rooney 
who actually had kind of kind of high that I would put high, but I guess I forgot and I just left them off. But my number three is a band that you already had. Oh. But I guess I kept a good poker face or something because I didn't kind of kept my lips sealed. My oh. lips were sealed oh, shit. or whatever. So so I've got. Number three, I've got Bad Finger. Oh. And I've got this song, Come and Get It. And I actually didn't yeah. know until just like this last month that that was them. Oh, really? Because... Like the first time I heard that song, isn't was about, that like the story of their life? Though that's probably the story of their career. Like yeah, they're like probably. the band that like nobody knew it was them. Yeah, yeah. So so there we go. But um, I had heard that song, and I have that song in my collection of CDs and whatnot because uh, the Hollywood Vampires, Alice Cooper's like a side band, they covered that. It listed Paul McCartney as a credits, so I thought they were just covering like a Paul McCartney song on some album that I came across. But then going through this stuff, I was like, oh, shit, Paul McCartney, he, like, wrote and produced it and basically gave it to them or for, like, a movie soundtrack or something. I looked this up for, like, the – it was, like, the something Christian or something like that. Hmm. Like, he gave it to him, and he chose the guy Tom Evans from the band to sing it. But then – so when I was listening to it, that's why I didn't even think it was Badfinger either because I'm like – What's the guy's name? Is it Pete Ham? That's the singer? Sounds right. Yeah, he sings everything else, and this wasn't him singing it. So that's why I'm like, I was still even more confused because it's a different guy singing it than the guy I was used to. But that was their first, that was their first song, was Come and Get It. Yeah, because he doesn't have the raspy voice that you're used to hearing. Yeah, like on the yeah other his stuff, voice is different. That's not. I mean, I, I don't I'll even admit, know if this is even a power pop song. I it's definitely know, I'm one that doesn't. A song on my list because it is poppy. Well, it sounds a power like pop band. Yeah, technically. Yeah. So. Yeah, I kind of always forget about that song because it's not really one of my top picks, I guess, for them. But I don't hate it or. Nothing. I just really like the song. So yeah, that's my number three, and I'm sticking with it. Well, my number three, I think, now that I'm looking at my list, might be my only '90s pick, but. I guess Marvelous 3 is on there, so I lied. Well, I almost lied. Now I just lied about lying. Or I'm <laughs> lying about almost lying. I don't know. Anyhow. You liar. You so lying, liar. kind of a guy that's had a pretty long career in the power pop-esque kind of uh, genre, but only really had one big hit was Matthew Sweet. Oh, the song Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. It's a great fucking song. Yeah. Cool video. I need to back in the arms of a girlfriend. You know, I've always dug his stuff, but he's like one of those where I'm like, fuck, man. He's really never. I don't know if he's written a song that's as catchy as that. Yeah. Like, he's got a lot of cool stuff, but it's all just kind of like, yeah, it's cool. I dig it, like, if I'm in the right mood for it kind of thing. But, like, that song could come on at any fucking day, any point in the day, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck yeah, you know? <laughs> it's just a cool fucking song. And I still regret the fact that, you know, I had the chance to open for him. Dude at the castle called me and was like, hey, you want to open for Matthew Sweet? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I literally don't have a band right now. Like, <laughs> we just, like, like didn't have a yeah. drummer or something, right? Like, it was just a real shit situation. 
I was really bummed because I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm actually a fan. You're like, well, can I have tickets though? I'd really love to go. I'd really love to. I'd really love to fucking open that show, but uh, fuck, guess not. So, Damn. so now I'm just sad. Why did I pick that? Oh. Why did I want to make myself sad and regretful? But a great song, you know, just a great song. That weird little, you know, he's got the fucking guitar solo yeah. thing with all fuzz on it. Whatever he's doing. Yeah, and I then got it, the song in my head. Yeah, and then it just stops, and it's like, I want to love somebody. <laughs> and that's one of those that, oh, it's just so fucking good. I'm kind of a liar now because I was just saying, like, the fags here's looking at you should maybe be above this song. But then now I'm like, no, I don't know. That's a fucking, like, that's a power pop song. Hey, well, either way, it's still on the list. It's that's true. Cut. But I feel like, yeah. Now I'm kind of standing by it. I'm kind of saying Matthew Sweet's girlfriend, number three, with the bullet. <laughs> so how about your number two? Well, my number two is a band going back to one that you already mentioned as well. well so so I kind of like Jesus. Uh, that we got. Song. We haven't really matched up on songs. That's true. We haven't yet. But we matched up on bands. Well, this is Candy, but I love The Last Radio Show. kind of that kind of like it kind of seems kind of down you know it's the last radio show (laughs) it's just uh, a bummer but yet it's catchy yeah dude it's It's like like, this real bummer it's a real bum deal that makes me smile a lot oh even whatever happened to fun it's like "Mm." where the fuck did fun go they make a good point they make a lot of good points all their songs are bummers but they're but they're upbeat yeah upbeat bummers Maybe we should start a new band. It's like a power pop band that just talks about all the really like negative like social issues. Yeah. But we just turn it into like a really positive sounding, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't Let's know. Let's do it. I got a lot of things going through my head right now that I don't have the balls to sing into this microphone, yeah. but <laughs> you know. It'd be some good I got good ideas. Yeah. I got really great, terrible ideas. I can't tell you the last time I listened to Candy. It has just been collecting dust. So thank you for getting me to play that. Hey, you're welcome. And then shout out to Bob Long and Charity, too, because they're big fans. When you busted it back out, did you go, oh, fuck, this is what happened to fun. I sat (laughs) it on the shelf to collect dust. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) Sometimes you've got to blow the dust off of fun. Shake a cobweb off. I wish that's where we went out on the episode at, you know, on that note. We could. Yeah. If you only want me to have eight picks and you nine. So my number two is by a band that you've clearly stated that you don't like in numerous text messages to me and on this uh, this episode. So Big Star, obviously a band that I spoke highly of leading yeah. up to this. and You shattered my dreams by talking about how you just weren't really very impressed. I had a hard time. This was like, so for me, this was a tough one because... You could have all Big Star songs. Well, I, list, right? I don't... Yeah, well, I mean, I could. The first album to me is just fucking phenomenal, front to back. I mean, still their best. I will say, from their follow-up, the song September Girls is probably their 
to me represents their most power pop pop song. Like, oh, okay. that's like the song that I think should have been their biggest hit. Coincidentally enough, I brought up the Bangles and Suzanne Hoffs earlier, and they covered this song. I just think, as much as I love that first record, I think September Girls is the perfect representation of the elements that make them a power pop band brought together into a song that feels more like a actual standard power pop song, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, So it does. Whereas I feel like the first record was maybe like you... Maybe like why you don't quite get into them. There's like all the power pop elements, but there's like maybe it's too artsy fartsy still in spots or something. Like maybe the the arrangements are still like yeah. kind of like not realized and just straightforward. Maybe they still yeah. kind of they still kind of do some weird shit on that record. That, that's like the brilliance of the record, right? But like you're either gonna get it or you're not, or maybe it's gonna take a little bit more time. It's not a on the surface kind of record. Yeah, like, it's really not, because it's, like, you can't really define it as anything. Right. Yeah, it's definitely its own thing. So maybe that's why, yeah, that's why they were kind of probably didn't really take off, because you couldn't really uh, stick them in, like, a in a bin of, like, okay, this is pop, and this is rock, and this is this. You can't really place them anywhere. I feel like Radio City, their second album, kind of has these moments where it went a little bit more, making just a straightforward pop song. September Girls being, like, the perfect example, you know. Although, I mean, the first record had In the Streets, which, yeah, yeah like, which that was, was your yeah, pick, yeah. and that is kind of the that's kind of the basic bastard song on that record, yeah. right? But I don't know. I don't know if I could really just say, like, any one big star song is my favorite song. That's why I decided for this list to make my pick be, like, the most straightforward pop song for the sake of, of making of just a power pop pick. I'm going to go with September Girls, so... I think I've babbled about that long enough. All right. Well, my last one. Number one. It's not really a power pop song. It's actually off of Metallica's Black album. That's why you're wearing the shirt. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought about wearing a Ryan Roxy shirt, but I mean, I don't know. Um, so anyways, I have Badfinger again. Damn. And still not, no matter what. And this isn't, it's not really a power pop song. But it falls back into the same thing that we said. Holy shit. This is Badfinger? I didn't know that. It's day after day. Oh, yeah. That is a great fucking song. Dude, that song is that song is so good. That really probably is their best fucking song. Yeah, like so I had to I had to put it on here. Every day I feel the tears that you I was diving into Badfinger, and I'm like, man, this band is really good. So, so I was kind of yeah. glad we kind of went back into this direction. But yeah. I was like, like I wrote down, it's epic weepiness. Yeah, no, that's a great yeah. fucking song, man. That's one of those that, yeah. Sometimes, so Badfinger is like a patio band for me. Like sometimes I'll just be out there just having a few beers on the patio, grilling, and they're like one of those bands that, in that setting, that's when I get in the mood, you know. Oh, it really, it really takes the meat to the next level. It does. <laughs> What's your secret ingredient on those ribs, Brent? Bad finger. 
<laughs> There's where we end the episode. <laughs> yeah. I still got a pick. Yeah. I still got a pick. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know if you want me to go ahead or yeah, if you dude. just already had a, uh, a whole... Uh, I didn't have much because, well, like it, it totally sounded like George Harrison. And then, yeah, he produced it and played slide guitar and stuff. So That does make sense. So my number one, remember I told you I kind of felt like I bookended my list with the first two songs that would pop in my head yeah. if you were to say power pop. Yeah. So obviously Badfinger, no matter what, bump, bump. Uh, so uh, it's going to be the raspberries. It is right? the raspberries, and it's go all the way. Oh, right on. I mean, I yeah, know, that is power pop. I know yeah. it's their main fucking song. Yeah, but it just is such a brilliant fucking song. The riff is fucking cool. You know, and and then he has this key change and goes into the fucking yeah verse. You know, where he's doing his whole Eric Carmen. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't really want, yeah. I just wanted to do like a really bad impression. I wasn't even going to really attempt to sing it, but I felt like that was better. That was better. Holy shit. But, when he does, but then when he goes to the fucking chorus, which I'm really not going to do now because, frankly, this beer gave me heartburn and. I couldn't do that kind of falsetto if I didn't have heartburn. I don't know what I did. I just did it. It wasn't planned. I I could probably do the chorus, but now I can't because I'm on the spot. So, but the fucking chorus though, that fucking falsetto that he goes into, you know. Oh my god. fucking brilliant and then it just breaks back into the you know bang, dang, dang, you know and then he's kind of wailing my baby like, or whatever the fuck he does i don't yeah. know i don't know what i just did actually i think my voice cracked i think i started puberty <laughs> that's all right still it's still only almost as bad as when what's his name from tesla sounded like eric Cartman. oh yeah <laughs> eric, eric cartman We're talking about Eric Carmen. So he sounded like Cartman. I sound like Carmen. But I sound like Eric Carmen going through puberty. And he sounded like Eric Cartman in puberty, who is currently in puberty still after 20 years. So. I don't know what the fuck the point of all that was. But I don't know. My face hurts now. <laughs> I just, my cheeks hurt. Don't drink, kids. So did you find any other bands that didn't make your list? Well, Rooney. I wanted to put Rooney on there. But okay. then I remember Rumi? this. I remember Rufy, this. Rumi? Uh, the Imperial Drag. Oh, yeah. It was a follow-up to Jellyfish. Yep. So, But I couldn't put him on the list, though, because I was like, I only got 10 spots. You're like, fuck, it's Jellyfish. And no, two of them man. had to be Badfinger. So. Yeah. No, the Imperial Drag stuff was cool. I like that record. Yeah. But yeah, nothing on that really made my list. I did, so I discovered one band from the 70s called Artful Dodger. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they came up like, I don't know, they came up on a playlist too. But they were one that like, 
once I looked them up, it was like describing them as power pop, but I wouldn't really describe them as power pop. They reminded me more of, how did I describe them? Like the faces crossed with, I mean, maybe some elements of Badfinger. The vocals had kind of that Steve Marriott kind of thing. And hmm. I don't know, man. It was really cool. But so I've been listening to them a lot this last week. Yeah, I'm going to probably search that shit down on vinyl too. I'm, I think they only have two albums. They've got really cool shit. So that was one. That was kind of the newest one I got turned on to within the last week. So I'm excited to listen to more of that. I didn't I didn't really digest that enough to put it on the list, right? Um, I don't know if this band was even power pop, but when I was going through the initial like I'm like, I'm gonna just gonna stick with the seventies and try to dive into all the, you know, Beatles follow up uh stuff, you know. Uh there was a band Krabby Appleton, and I don't know if they're even power pop. John Simmons does this thing, Vintage Brunch. And he played this band of Krabby Appleton and their song Go Back. And it's really cool. It's got this, like, the, like, I really like the drums in it. But I'm like, that was on my list. But I'm like, I don't really think it's power pop. I just kind of had it on there. So the one band that I kept going back to them, and I was like, man, I know, you know, like, I mean, we have friends that fucking love this band, right? But the band Material Issue. Uh, I'm, I'm going to catch hell for this a little bit, right? I'm sure. So Di- the song Diane almost made my list. Which is a really catchy song, yeah. and there's other. I mean that uh, that international pop overthrow album's fucking you know solid record. But I just I for some reason I don't have the love for that band that a lot of people that I know really love that fucking band. Right? Denny's a big fan. I think he turned me on to him years back. I don't not like them. I think there's some really cool songs, but I just never quite fucking fell in love with them. Uh, so it's your big star. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. the one I was referencing. That's like my – they to me is like big star is to you. Yeah. But maybe not so much. Like, I mean, yeah. because actually I do like – I do like their stuff. And I do think that album's solid. I mean, there's, you know, yeah. some cool fucking tunes on there and shit, you know. So I don't know because I'm just getting the vibe that you – kind of hate big star no, no I'm just, I don't <laughs> just kidding but there's well there's one band tony was like oh uh, yeah xtc or something oh, they right. were power pop i did not like that at all i was yeah. like man yeah xtc mm-hmm. yeah. hey to each their own man i don't like, need to hear them again yeah but i guess that but was big the one star, i'd probably throw in big star again just to see yeah. if you know something something might grab me later i don't know yeah, I mean, I that's the thing with material issues. Like, the there's, there's songs that I dig, you know. There's songs I really like, but I just never held them up on this pedestal that some of, you know, our friends have, right? Yeah. So I don't know, but maybe I just haven't, maybe it hasn't clicked or maybe it never will, you know. I think it was a pretty long episode. Yeah, but pretty it was good a good episode. one, though. It was a good one. My, bla- my bladder hurts, yeah. so it's probably time. Anyhow. Well, thank you, everybody, and thanks to Brent for the topic of Power Pop. Yes, sir. Until next time. Yeah. I wish I could do a... Like a Power Pop. Yeah. I never know why you're all so here. I never know why